Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome again. Uh, I posted a, a video on my Money Tips Daily Facebook page and some photos of me sitting in a Porsche and driving a Porsche and posing with the latest model of the 911 Porsche that they brought a new model out in, in March. And, you know, it was a bit of fun, but I wanted to set the record straight and say that I didn't buy that Porsche. I, I, I don't even own a Porsche. Now, I'm not trying to put the video up there to pretend I've, I've got a supercar and, you know, like one of these people who drive a Ferrari and then get in a private jet for the day and then say, you two can have this lifestyle. You know, no, I'm not trying to do that. It was just a bit of fun. And uh, I wanted to set the record straight that I didn't buy that Porsche 911. And I wanted to say also that I would not buy that. Porsche 911. I, I don't want to buy a £100,000 car. I don't think it's a pretty a, a good investment. Maybe I'm just too tight. I don't know. But I like to put my money into things that appreciate in value rather than depreciate in value. And, you know, cars immediately got the VAT as you drive it off the, the forecourt. So, you know, a £100,000 car could be worth 80 as soon as you drive it off the forecourt. Now, OK, some cars you can buy specialist cars, maybe a McLaren or something like that, that, that probably will go up in value. But generally speaking, cars, consumer goods and those sort of things don't go up in value. They they depreciate in value and are liabilities rather than assets. I prefer to put my money into assets. And even people who buy those sort of cars will readily admit that, you know, they made the money first. They didn't, you know, make a few pounds and then start blowing it on on consumer goods. So that I was in that showroom actually to drive somebody to pick up their, their Porsche, their Porsche, which is, I think about nine years old for a service. So the service had been done. We went there and suddenly, oh, look, there's a, there's a, a function going on tonight for the launch of the, the new Porsche 911. And there was champagne everywhere. And, you know, I, I didn't get an invite because they probably know I'm too tight to buy one. But there, there, there was a big thing going on that night. And so that's why I just sort of pose and take a few photos. And that's sort of, they're beautiful cars. And, you know, I, I like them. But and. And when you talk about liabilities and keeping a car on the road, when she went to pick up that that Porsche, the the bill for the for an ordinary service, uh, okay, it had a Porsche battery, special Porsche battery with it. Uh, a new battery was needed. I think that was about one hundred and sixty pounds plus fitting and acid. They had to buy the acid separate, and uh, um, that service come to fifteen hundred pounds for a basic service which was, you know, an oil change in, in effect and a new air filter and that sort of thing, but £1,500. And that is not uh, an expensive survey. A full survey would cost two £3,000 easily there. And, okay, you don't need it every year, but you can see the type of cost. And, and the guy in the service department said, you know, these bills are not unusual. It's not unusual to get more than £5,000 bills for keeping these cars on the road. And he, he made no apologies about this. He said, yeah, these cars are expensive to keep on the road. And of course, when, you know, when you drive into a nail on the, and your tyre goes, it's, you know, it's four or 500 pounds rather than, you know, 80 pounds down your local quick fit, which I do for my Volvo. So they're, they're quite expensive. To, I know they're more fun to drive than a Volvo, 
Um, although personally, I prefer driving a larger car. I don't like squeezing into a small sports car. So I, I drove the car for a bit of fun and made a little video and, and that sort of thing, but it's, it's not my kind of car. And I was thinking about this particular Porsche. The reason I'm banging on about this is because when she bought this, this car, we, we actually bought it as part of the business. We were in business together and the company was going really well. And we bought company cars. I think I, I had a, a Merc or a BMW later, but I had a Merc at that time on a lease. And, and she went for her dream car, which was the Porsche Boxster. And you know that, that, that was great. So at the time, the cars were both around 45, 45,000 pounds on, on the road if you bought it cash. Now, we didn't buy it cash. We bought it on, on lease finance. And I gave mine back at the end, but she wanted to keep hers. So she eventually took it over and paid off the finance and it's her car. And I was thinking about where that money had gone and, and what that money would have done for us in terms of cars or invest in it. Now, round about that time, I, I put my money into a property, a buy to let property. And I, I did put a bit more than £45,000, maybe fifty or £60,000 into that deal. But some of it wasn't my own cash. It was borrowed from some, some other remortgage. So uh, I put that money in and bought a property for 280 And when I sold it four or five years later, I think I sold it for 440 right? So, you know, I'd, I'd made, um, you know, one hundred and forty, hundred and fifty thousand pounds on on the deal. Okay, I had cost and stamp duty and all the rest of it, and I spent a bit of money on it, but not not a fortune. And I had rental income during that time. But let's say uh, that after my my costs, you know, I'd 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 made for myself around about, uh, you know, I certainly made more than a hundred thousand pounds even after tax. Yeah, so I'd, I doubled the amount of money that I put into that deal, I got back double. Plus I had rental income in the meantime, which, you know, went into other things. So it, overall, it was a pretty good investment, right? Yeah, I had a bit of work to do on the property and I had to collect rent, big deal. Uh, but on the whole, it was a nice, sweet investment. Now, the money that went into the Porsche, what is that Porsche worth today? What is a secondhand Porsche, nine years old, worth today, even in good condition, you know, it's not going to go for more than ten to fifteen thousand pounds maximum. Maybe less than ten sometimes. You know, so okay, I'm not saying she's trying to sell it for that. It's still a good car. It's low mileage. It will go on forever, provided you maintain it. But I'm just giving you that example of what money has done in a property as opposed to what money has done in a car. And it goes for most of these consumer goods, like big widescreen TVs, gadgets, two thousand pound phones. And all of these things, which in my years in financial services, I found that the people with the less money, the less financially astute, the people who had no savings, the people who had who were not saving for their future, not doing anything for their future, seem to have the biggest TVs, the, the, the most expensive gadgets, the most expensive pedigree dogs and things that they just couldn't afford. They had cars on the forecourt, you know, 40, 50,000 pound cars on, on the forecourt of their houses or in the street were really above their means. And, you know, you see this, you see people driving around in these cars. They're not usually bought for cash. They're usually on loans, taking up quite a chunk of their income, which means that then they can't save. And then a few years later, say, so, I'm 30 and I can't afford to buy a property. It's the government's fault. Or it's all those Chinese coming over here, buying the properties, pushing up the prices of my houses in Birmingham. Well, I don't think so. You know, the reason you can't buy a property 
is that you spent all your money on gadgets and, you know, expensive drinks and nights out and, you know, you haven't saved money. Instead of buying an expensive car, you know, for the price of that service for a Porsche, you could actually buy a decent car. Um, Now, I'm going to let you into this secret. My old Volvo, you know, I bought that second hand for a couple of thousand pounds and it's still going five or six years later. It saved my life when someone smacked into the back of me. So I drive an old Volvo. Yeah, it might not be as much fun as a Porsche, but it just makes me smile every time I get into it to think that it costs less than the service for a Porsche. Now, I, I, I prefer to put my money into things that will make me money. I prefer assets which puts money into my pocket rather than liabilities which take money out of my pocket. So think about that. Think about what you're doing with your money. Think about where your money is going and what that money is going to do for you in the future. Because if it's going into gadgets, if it's going into, you know, the latest smartphones and, you know, the, the most expensive Apple computers and all these things that you don't really need, it's just nice to have. You know, if you're spending money on three or four holidays a year that you could actually be putting into to savings for, for a deposit on a property, whether it's your first home or whether it's a, a, an investment property, then think about that. Because the, the ideal situation is when you have the investments that give you the income to do the things you want to do when you want to do them, and that you're, you're taking it not from your capital, but you're drawing from the income produced by your capital, from the return on your investment. And that's what uh, a, a very astute multimillionaire told me years ago, that you should be in a situation where the investment income you have you live on your investment income, but you never spend your capital. Do you see the difference? The capital is what you invest. That's your, your seed money, your capital that you put into things, you buy properties with, you put into to investments or shares or whatever your bag is. But you, you don't spend that capital because the capital is like the goose that lays the golden egg. You know, the old proverb of the goose, you know, the king had this goose that laid a golden egg every day. And, you know, he, he one day got greedy and said, there must be more to this goose. Why, why do I only get one golden egg a day? So he ended up killing the goose and ripping it open and, you know, to see if there were more eggs inside the goose. But of course, the, the, the moral of it is you don't kill the goose that lays the golden egg. So you don't spend your capital that gives you those, those profits, those, those golden eggs. You invest that capital and then get to a situation where you know, you, you can live off the investment income, then you are financially free. In the meantime, you've got to work, of course. You've got to, to do your day's work. You might have to work for somebody else or you may be building up a business. But, you know, the ideal situation, if you want to be financially free, is you have your, and that's the same as a pension. A pensioner lives off their pension. They, they've saved enough in their working life to draw from their pension so that they don't have to go out and physically work or push trolleys around a, a supermarket car park. They, they've they put that money aside. So think about that. Um, and you know, instead of buying fast, expensive cars, buy slow, boring cars and put your money into boring properties that give you boring income and returns on your money that for me is not boring, for me is exciting, that give you exciting returns on your money. And then you will be financially free. You'll be able to you know do the things you want to do when you want to do them. Zig Ziglar used to say, um, if you do the things you have to do when you have to do them, pretty soon you'll be in a position where you can do the things you want to do when you want to do them. Sorry about the accent, Zig. Right, so I think the message is obvious here. It's better to have your money in an asset uh, than in a car or, or consumer goods. 
Now, you might think that's pretty boring because you say, well, you know, I still want to have a nice car, uh, but I also want to have the asset. So can I have both? Well, the answer is yes, you can have both. And, and here's how you can do it. Now, this is just one method that I've found is, is a good way to to raise money so that you can have a car, maybe not a Ferrari or a Porsche, but you can have a car and have the asset. Now, normally what people would do is they, they save money for a car and put a, a large deposit down on the car or buy the car outright uh, or, or perhaps just having a very expensive higher purchase on a car. And then that car goes down in value, as I gave in the example of the Porsche. Now, what if you were to say, right, instead of putting your money directly into the car, save the money for a deposit on a property and buy a property. OK, now hear me out here. And I know you might need a bit more to buy a property than, than you would for a car. But there are lots of areas in the country where you know you can buy a property for 40,000, 30,000, even 50,000 and, and get an income from that, get a residual income from that property even after you've uh, paid the mortgage now let's say you know you can buy a property for 60,000 for instance and you're you're going to need uh, 15,000 pounds of deposit and then you would borrow 45,000 pounds on 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 a buy to let mortgage on interest only okay so instead of going out and buying a car or putting that down as a deposit on a car what would you have you'd have a property, an asset, something that's going to give you an income, possibly for, forever, as long as you maintain it and, you, and it's let out, you could have an income from that for life. Now, I'll give an example of £60,000. You might think that's a bit cheap. Yeah, it is. But there are properties around the country where you can buy properties for that, that sort of level. Now, you might have more money than that. So you might be able to buy a property for 200000 or 300000 But let's just give that example. 45000 you only need £15,000 to buy it. Yeah, you need a bit more on top of that for costs and things like that but you know if you haven't got that you could always maybe borrow a little bit more to, to pay for those costs so forty-five thousand pounds now on a mortgage of say i don't know let's go for 2.5 percent per annum you can probably get a little bit cheaper than that um that that mortgage would cost you 1125 pounds per month uh, if we divide that by 12 that's just under 100 pounds per month on the mortgage now you might have a bit of insurance on top. So let's say your costs are 100, 110 pounds per month. And, you know, that, I mean, let's face it, interest rates are low. It's, it's not a bad time to borrow uh, at the moment because I, I've been in a situation where I was paying mortgages at 15 and 16 and a quarter percent. Now you can borrow at, you know, sometimes 1%, 2%, 3%. You know, it's still very cheap borrowing. Now that property, 60,000. Now, obviously it's not going to give you a huge rent but it's going to it's probably going to give you a rent of around four or five hundred pounds a month right so let's say you get a uh, let's split the difference there 450 per month uh and then you've got some uh, costs on that maybe you've got some expenses like uh uh your, your management charges so let's say 50 pounds a month is gone so you're left with 400 a month and then you've got your your mortgage of 100 pounds a month so what are you left with doesn't take a genius to work this out 300 a month now okay you might need a bit more to put aside for maintenance issues but let's say even if you come out with 200 pounds a month from that property in your hand okay you can go down to most car dealers in the high street and lease a car easily for 200 pounds a month now you're not going to get a ferrari obviously you're not going to get a porsche but you know if you bought a property that was larger and gave you a larger income then maybe you could okay so you can easily go and buy, uh, uh, get, a, get a decent car for, for 200 a month on, on a lease. 
Um, I'm not going to name cars here because someone will probably say, oh, you, you can't get that car. But I'm sure you can get a reasonable car, brand new, lease it for a couple of years, give it back, um, you know, and, and start on a new car. Or you can just keep that income and, and, and buy a, a cheaper car. You, you can get you can lease cars for 100 a month if you're just getting a small little run around. You don't need to go out and buy a new car for that £15,000. So, so you get the picture, right? What I'm saying is you would have gone out and bought a car for £15,000 cash. Uh, let's let's not do that. Let's put that into a property uh, where, you, you know, you, you can buy some in some parts of the country. You can buy properties for 60 odd thousand quite easily and you rent that out and you're left with a couple of hundred pounds a month after all your costs and your mortgages. And, uh, you know, for that, you then go and lease the car that you want. So then you've got the asset, which should grow in value over time. And you've got the car you want. So you can have both. But what you shouldn't do is just put all your money into consumer goods and, and then find at the end that those goods are not worth anything after five, 10 years. And they've cost you money to, to keep on the road or to maintain. And, you know, it's, it's just very short term thinking. All the wealthy people I know have put money into assets. Now, assets doesn't necessarily mean a terraced house or a property. It could mean a business. An asset could be a website. I, I invested in a website years ago and they were very expensive to, to, to put a website together. We spent about £10,000 on a website. But that website brought in thousands of customers. It made hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds of money for us. And, and it helped to maintain the business because we use that website as the vehicle for all of our online marketing. So, you know, don't think, don't be, think of an asset as just something in bricks and mortar. It could be a book. It could be a blog. It could be, you know, anything, a podcast like this. This is, I, I consider this to be an asset. It's giving information out there. It's putting information out in, in the marketplace for me. It's building my brand. So try and think laterally on this about what are assets. But all the wealthy people I know put the money into assets and they don't spend their, their seed capital. Seed capital is, is like what the farmer would call their seed. You know, you don't eat the seed, you plant the seed. And that, that gives you the, 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 the vegetables and the food to eat later on or, or your crop. OK, so think about that. You can have both. You don't have to be boring like me and, and drive an old car. Uh, but that's just me. I've, I've had new cars before. At, at the moment, that car suits me. Uh, so you, you can actually have your cake and eat it. OK, so thanks very much. Okay, one more thing before you go. I just wanted to mention that in the next few weeks, I'll be publishing my book called Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. That's Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. It'll be out on uh, Amazon in the next few weeks. And I want to make a very special offer for all of my followers. And so listen out for that. And I'll be announcing that very shortly. The book should come out in the next few weeks. And it's been taking me, I'd say, the best part of 10 years to, to put this book together. and. Uh, Everything I know and everything I've learned about business, about financial services, uh, you know, working in financial services, in banking, insurance and helping people with their money and everything I've learned about business and investing, I've poured into this book. So it's, it's like I poured my soul into this book and I, you know, I'm going to go through in there, not just why money can make you, uh, money can buy you happiness, but also strategies to, to make money and the strategies to turn your life around. So listen out in the next few weeks and I'll give you some good news for all of my followers on that. So thanks very much and speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. 
The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 